You are listening to the OneOfUs.net Podcast Network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Reservation dogs, not reservoir dogs. Like I keep wanting to say, and the show keeps tricking me to try and say this entire time. <laughs> no, it actually kind of does. I'm like, at first I thought, okay, well, no, it's completely by accident. And then I saw that big fat poster of reservoir dogs in the main kid's bedroom. And I'm like, oh, no, they're fully aware of that. No, they literally all dress up in the suits from reservoir dogs and do the slow motion walk in the first episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's clear nods to it. Yeah. The title is only the one of the few things that it kind of does borrow heavily from something else because, you know, I, I guess Taika Waititi saw Atlanta enough times where he's like, you know what? I want to do that, but with indigenous people, <laughs> you know, because I know, Melina, you've not actually seen Atlanta, right? No, I have not. Yeah, I'm sorry, people. Yeah, no. If you watched any episode of Atlanta, you would just so directly go, oh, yeah, that's totally what he's doing here. <laughs> Even to the point, one of the cinematographers for one of the episodes is one of the cinematographers from Atlanta. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, that's totally what he's going for. And yet the show is still definitely doing its own thing. Yeah. No, that, you know, yeah. Front to back. It's definitely doing its own thing. And yet, in spite of that, I kind of freaking love this show. Oh, absolutely. I don't even want to hide my feelings coming out of the gate here. I'm like, I was just... From the moment I finished watching this a couple of hours ago, I was just bursting at the seams to get on here and talk about how much I absolutely fell in love with this. So what is Reservation Dogs about? Well, Elliot's going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the show is about four kids all in high school, and they live on a Native American reservation in Oklahoma. They're not too well off. A lot of great side characters, like there's a crazy uncle. There are these two guys, Mose and Miko, who are little people, in indigenous people, and they add a lot of really great character and humor to the story. Yeah, which, for those of you who may know, it's Little Mike and Funny Bone, who you may have recognized from America's Got Talent for their little time they did on there. Yeah, they're really great. There's a, a guy who plays a Native American cop. His name escapes me right now. Zon McLaren. Zon McLaren. Uh, yeah. He was really great in Fargo. He's really great here, too. Yeah, I really found that quite interesting. Yeah, one of many yeah. great dynamics. Now, interesting, though, with all the stuff you've said, there isn't really a plot that you had to be able to describe here because there's very little plot in this in this show. It's basically, like you said, it's just watching these various characters. The, the most plot you get to this season is that the four main kids are trying to save up money because they want to go to California, mostly because they're inspired, well, unfortunately inspired by a thing that happened to them on the reservation and that really is a driving factor in what makes them want to do the things they do which most often involves doing petty crimes to increasing levels to the point where the first episode is them stealing a potato chip truck of all things (laughs) oh yeah that's where it opens and you're like okay 
I'm in for the ride. And, you know, I was worried because I thought that might be the thing that colored the show for too much, where it's like, oh, it's them doing just crimes and being little turds and that kind of stuff. And yet, the more the show went on, the more you really, really dive into these characters. You start to learn more about their family lives, their backstories, their interests, to the point where you realize they're not really bad people. They've just become a product of their environment where they've had to do bad things to try and survive, it feels like. Yeah, and... I mean, I actually saw a very positive review for this show come out a couple of days ago where they described it as a heist comedy, and having watched it myself, I couldn't disagree more in terms of how <laughs> they colored it. I'm like, this is not a heist comedy. In fact, the fact that they're, you know, little, they're little street urchins, basically, if they, were in Dickens, if they were in Dickensian in England, then absolutely, you'd call them little street urchins because they'd all have like, the newsboy caps and the patched outfits. Really, they're, yeah, they're just committing petty crimes for the sake of trying to get out of the reservation. They're trying to get to California. But that really is the smallest part of it. It really is just about exploring who these kids are and all of their various little hang-ups, all the various personal challenges that they're dealing with as they're growing up in this reservation in Oklahoma. Yeah, and there's also a plot with them and another group of kids that they're kind of rivals with. At the beginning, that felt like that was going to kind of dominate the show, and it doesn't. It's it's very much a through line throughout every episode. Yeah, I was kind of surprised how little it had to do with anything in the show. I think it really paid off at the end. I don't want to say what happens at the very end, but it really, there's something that happens at the end that really kind of pays off that plot line yeah i i was a little afraid at one point that maybe they had abandoned that or they just weren't going to explore it enough and then i just realized as it went along that well like i like we were saying with the petty crimes it's not about the rivalry between these two groups of kids it's not about it's really not about one thing it really is just about these characters and all of their little trials that they go through that's just one part of it and when they did go back to it you're like okay well they explored it just enough to where when the second season, which we know they're going to have at this point, comes into play. They're going to explore this further. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I got to praise really, really heavily in here is how great this cast is all the way through. Oh, like, yeah. these four main actors, which I love all their names. So you got DeVere Jacobs, who's playing Elora Dannon Postuk, which, yes, that is the joke that her name is Elora Dannon <laughs> for most of it, <laughs> just like in Willow. And then you got Lane Factor as Cheese. That's the only name he's given throughout the show. <laughs> and then Paulina Alexis as Willie Jack, because Billy Jack, the famous TV uh, movie character. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, my favorite name, and one of my favorite characters in the show, Deforo Wunatai as Bear Smallhill. I thought all four of these were being relatively unknown actors. I think, at most, DeVere Jacobs has been like a couple other things before this. All four of them really carry this show very easily. Oh, yeah. There's never a point Definitely. where they feel like young actors, and I say that in quotes. They are completely confident young actors, and they really flesh these characters out beautifully. No, I think they... And all of them get various episodes focused on them throughout the show, too, where you think, okay, this is Bear's episode, or this is a Lordanum's episode, or this is Willie Jack's episode. And each one of them are up to the task, and they thankfully distinguish them as characters enough to really make them feel like their own personalities. Like, I would only say that maybe Cheese is a little underdeveloped compared to the rest of the characters. But even he, he has some really great moments, including one of my favorite episodes where him and Officer Big, Zom McLaren, hang out for a whole bunch of time. And you just get so much with the two of them that just is really great. Oh, yeah. And for a kid who was, I think, 16 years old at the time that they filmed this... He looks it. His comic timing 
alongside, you know, a veteran actor like Zahn McLaren, it's just top notch. And they've got such a great interplay. Yeah. Have we even talked about the quote unquote spirit guide that shows up in the show? At <laughs> all? Um, Thank you for bringing that up. Possibly the best part. I need to look up his name because Dallas Goldtooth. Dallas Goldtooth. He appears to bear throughout the whole show as this this quote unquote spirit guide, but he's very he's almost incompetent. Yeah, almost. But yeah, he's incompetent. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to be nice. I mean, the guy's trying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the dude died at the Battle of Little Bighorn by having his horse fall on him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> As he keeps reminding us, I didn't kill a single person. I actually didn't even really get to fight. I just kind of fell and I fell in my, I fell down. My horse fell on me and I died. But (laughs) trust me, I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Uh, His delivery is just so perfect because it's like, it's, it's got that sort of otherworldly sort of spiritualism to it. But, you know, yeah, almost as played by like a, you know, and this is a compliment played by like a bad community theater actor. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> sort of. That's the whole thing is that they're trying so hard to not be the stereotypical, you know, I am your spirit guide kind of thing. No, he's just like, sup, dude, I'm your spirit guide. Uh, don't mind me, I'm just hanging out here. Kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> it's like if Keanu Reeves was your spirit guide. <laughs> Even less chill than that, I would say. <laughs> yeah, he's just so. Every time he shows up, you're just like, okay, I got to see what this guy's doing. <laughs> sup, dude. Yeah, and there's lots of great little roles like that. Like we said, Little Mike and Funny Bone showing up as Moe's and Miko. They have so little to do in the show, and yet every time they show up, you're just like, can we just have them stick around longer? They're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just comedy machines, and they, they absolutely deliver the whole way through. Oh, yeah. I mean, they even get the rap at one point, too, because they're actually rappers in real life. So. They are, yeah. And they're great. Yeah, and there's a lot of other great character actors that show up, like freaking... You know, when you think about major native actors, there's a lot who show up here, including Wes Studi from Last of the Mohicans. That guy is just a treasure every time he shows up. And he's he's not in it long, but I remember you and I, Justin, were talking the other day about this before I had seen it, and you described his role as a cameo, and having seen it now, I'm like, oh, no, this actually is, I would say this is far more than a cameo. He just has, it's a very small role, but... Yeah. He gets a very distinct and very moving arc in the little time he's given. And with the little screen time he has, it really just nails home what an absolute, yeah, just national treasure that guy is. Yeah. And, you know, you got Gary Farmer as Uncle Brownie, which, <laughs> hilarious. wow, when you think about the stereotypical kind of like stoner guy, this guy takes it up to like 14 in the way that he's playing this <laughs> character. I mean, the guy knows he's a stereotype and just has fully embraced it at this point. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, speaking of minor but great roles. Bill Burr is in here. Was I think he was only in here for like an episode. Yeah. But kind of pulling himself back. Like the most sort of like subdued Bill Burr that we've ever seen. Yeah. And I will say that I thought that he blew it out of the water with the Mandalorian, his turn in that. But with this, I was like, I had no idea he was capable of conveying so much nuance for the kind of cantankerous comedian we know him to be. Yeah, I was surprised that he could bury his Bill Burr-isms, like the way he speaks normally and that stuff. Most of that isn't present in this performance. No. no. That's a huge credit to him as an actor, I feel. I mean, I'll never not see him because he's Bill Burr, and he still wears well, yeah. Bill Burr all over himself. But no, he's 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 excellent in this, and he gets he gets an arc as well. And it is, it's in that very short time that he's in it, like I said before, he really nails it because they gave him such great material. Yeah. And 
you know, again, like it's saying that it's a very Atlanta-inspired show, one thing this show does a lot is that it's towing the line with how surreal it is. Because, you know, outside of the Spirit Guide character, it's a fairly straightforward show. And yet, it kind of gets more and more weird as it goes along. Where it's just kind of playing around with indigenous mythos for a bunch of things. Until, at one point, they just go... Yeah, there might actually be spirits walking around here. Like, actual, like, Native American folklore myths and monsters stuff. You're just like, oh, <laughs> okay. And I love how they played with that. Because it knows that you probably are questioning it the entire time. Like, how much of this is true? How much of this is on McLaren and just being a quirky cop? And, yeah, the <laughs> fact that they they don't just do it with him. Where he's very, his character is very much into spiritualism. He's very much into mythos. But they do an entire episode that focuses on the character of Willie Jack and her dad. Where they also play into the idea of the supernatural. And that, I thought, might have been my favorite episode of the whole thing. Yeah, that episode and Zahn McLaren's big episode are the one-two punch, I think, that are the strongest points of the season. Like, th those two back-to-back -back were, I was just like, yeah, I think I love this show now. That, that was that point when I decided I love this show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those were probably right up there being my favorite episodes. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, too, that obviously Taika Waititi's name is all over this because he's the big name. He's the big dude. But it's really not his show because he has only so much involvement in this it's really sterling harjo's show now i was wholly unfamiliar with sterling harjo before this but he's a prominent native actor who is muskogee and he's been making a bunch of movies through sundance and through the other kind of stuff which i've never heard of a single one of these but i'm very curious now and in fact i think like i said Laura dannon and a couple of actors have acted in some of his productions mm -hmm. so i'm curious how similar to this those are because again this does feel like it's very atlanta but then it also has its very it has its own voice too it's trying to be its own show and i think more than not it really just shows what a talent this guy is and his team which if i'm not mistaken almost everybody who worked on the show is a native like crew or some kind of stuff with a couple well so some notable exceptions of course mm -hmm. if any of his other properties prior to this are even half as polished and wonderfully written is this like this guy is absolutely a major talent and i cannot wait to see more from him and we know we're going to see more from him thank god because this show got greenlit for a second season i think more than halfway through its run Ahoy! Hooray! <laughs> and i believe that one of the actresses also just got added to the writing team i think yes. i just saw that today oh. uh, in an article so yeah Kawenahene Devery Jacobs is the actress's name she plays Alora. okay nice yeah no and that's that's great I mean I'm just so happy to see more of this because that's the thing where as kind of seemingly directionless as the show is they make you really care so much about all these characters you just want to see more of their lives you just want to see what kind of crazy antics they get into mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it never disappoints on the whole i gotta say the only things i wasn't crazy about and these are minor complaints in the grand schemes i will admit that the first episode if you're not prepared going in to know what kind of show this is it's a little bit of a slog you know it, it's got a very measured pace it's it, it, almost every episode you forget a plot is happening in some cases you know you're just like oh yeah there's a story in this episode but that's intentional once you see once you get past the first episode and you see the rest of the show you're like oh that's a very conscious decision by the filmmakers and i will say too that i kind of mentioned with elliot but the end of the show is one where i loved the actual like payoff gag at the end of the episode but i'm just very curious where it's going because again 
it's so lacking a certain direction where I'm like, literally anything could happen next season. And that's both a good thing and a, well, that could mean so many things could happen by between then and now kind of thing, you hmm. know? So, I mean, I'm optimistic about it. It was just, there was a huge thing that happened at the end of the episode where I'm just like, well, where is this going? <laughs> kind of thing. Well, I think that's how you should feel at the end of it. Sure, sure. Because I'll say for 90% of this, I was watching and I thought, you know, I don't really know if they need a second season. I really feel like they are bringing so many of these character arcs full circle to where I don't really know how they could take this and continue it. Once I got to the end, I realized, oh, well, they're, they're wrapping up the arcs for the first season. But where it ends, I thought was a great way to kind of take what we know and what we've learned about these people and find a way to create new stories and new arcs for them going forward. So I had absolutely no problem with the way that they left it open-ended. I was like, no, I this gives you all the room in the world to really expand and create new stories for them instead of ham- uh, hammering home on the same ones as before. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing cool that I discovered while watching this show is that this show is the first series ever to be exclusively shot in Oklahoma. Like, that's never happened before. Even even Watchmen didn't film entirely in Oklahoma for its scenes, so... Holy cow. Yeah, apparently that's a huge selling point, and <laughs> it sure looks like Oklahoma for the little bits I know about that place, you know? So, but, yeah, this... You know, and that's the thing with me saying those complaints, they're entirely nitpicky because I could spend an hour talking about all the things I liked about this show, you know? It's just that good, where there's just so many little nuggets. Like, freaking, I would love to talk about... The little cameos from people like Bobby Lee as the the apparently the only doctor in this whole town. <laughs> that guy was hysterical. <laughs> oh yeah, or I would love to see more of Garrett Hedlund and his weird one-off role as the dude the Bear's mom hooks up with, and you're like, oh, I suddenly went from really loving this guy to I think I need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> that that one felt the most Atlanta of almost any episode of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really did. Oof. Yeah. First of all, I had to go and immediately IMDb the cast when I saw him because I was like, that cannot be Garrett Headland. <laughs> and then sure enough, yeah, when I when I did confirm, I was like, damn, that guy gets better looking as he gets older. And yeah. <laughs> I've never thought of him. I've never really been a huge fan of him as an actor, but I was like, wow, I've got to say he is fantastic at playing a five star creep. See, that's the problem where he got sold too early as, like, the young, pretty, white guy actor kind of thing, where you had, like, a gluttony of those in the late 2000s, early 2010s. And so he got lost in the shuffle when then you see him later and stuff, like, Inside Lewin Davis, where you're just like, okay, you know what? This guy's actually got some acting talent, <laughs> you know? He almost torpedoed it with Pan, to be fair. But... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to blame anyone for the failing of Pan. What? You don't think I can act very well in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Well, is there any other major points to bring up here? Because, honestly, I just don't want to spoil too much. I think people should really go in as cold as possible about the actual events that happen in this show. Especially, there's one thing we haven't hinted to at all, and I want to leave it that way. I don't want to tell people about the other major plot point that's a part of the show that runs through the entire season. Yeah, and with the way that that's revealed, yeah, I think it's better that people discover it on their own. Because it's definitely Hmm. in bits and pieces that we as an audience come to understand what it is that, what has happened and what these characters' motives are pretty much all built around. Yeah, I don't really have much more to add. I was walking around today thinking, why? what are the reasons I shouldn't give this a 10? And I 
I, I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10, only because I reserve those for things that really explode my mind. I think this is an absolutely amazing show. I love just about every facet of it. Any uh, complaints that I have are probably going to be nitpicks. Mm-hmm. There is just absolutely so much to love about this show, from the characters, the stories, the setting. I cannot wait to see what's happening next. I'm going to give this 9.5 out of 10 buried jars of weed. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, man, that's that skunk weed, man. <laughs> that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go next. I I really dug this, too. I kind of felt the same way. I was like, I don't know why I couldn't give this a 10 out of 10. And it's not even really the show's fault. Like you said, the 10 out of 10 is a rare thing to reserve for something that really blew me away, a revolutionary thing. Yeah. But I will say, for it to be as high on my list of best TV shows I've seen all year... For a show that I had I had no knowledge about prior to the trailer dropping at that point. And even then, I just kind of signed on for it. Like, well, it's Taika Waititi. I'm also going to watch What We Do in the Shadows. I might as well watch this. Honestly, I'm kind of enjoying this way better than I'm liking this season of What We Do in the Shadows. Where that one's, you know, What We Do in the Shadows is fine. It's exactly what it is nowadays. But this is just such a fresh discovery. And I'm just so happy that I signed up to be a part of this show. It's It's funny. It's dramatic. It's weird as heck at points some people might be a little put off by how grungy it is because again when they talk to you about this community being poor they are very poor like this is literally shot with probably what actually is there in that town they shot at you know it's just the just the poverty the barren buildings the broken down cars it paints a very very sad picture about how these people live on a day-to-day basis and yet, it's those moments when they find ways to triumph that you really root for. You're just like, I want these people to be happy. And yet, life just continually beats them down every every chance they get. And it's so sad. But it makes for great, great storytelling and great television. So, I'm going to give this 9.5 out of 10 greasy fried bread. Greasy, greasy fried bread. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I can't be the only one who went and found out that that was on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah, I was just I so like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> that and people look up the rain dance from Little, uh, Little Mike and Funny Bone. You, that will be stuck in your head for like a week. It's so stupid catchy. It's great. It's so <laughs> but funny. Melina. Okay, well, I'm actually really glad I got to go last. This is not a plot-driven show, and no. I actually really adore it for that but it it's not plot driven in the way that a lot of tarantino's work is not plot driven and tarantino is a name that i would drop not just because of the connection to reservoir dogs but because this i think is a masterclass in how to write really good sharp dialogue and how to really develop characters who you know in any other work would be just overly quirky to the point of being precious but here you accept that hyper-reality, you accept that surrealism, because it's just so well-crafted on absolutely every front. And really, at the end of the day, this is an exploration of not just growing up on a reservation, but growing up anywhere, and the challenges that come with that, having, having broken families, having suffered loss, dealing with the ch- like challenges of poverty, discovering your like trying to hold on to your cultural identity all of that's here and it's all done so beautifully and done in such a just absolutely hilarious way i think that this this show just really has such a beautiful soul to it it is hilarious throughout and it's downright touching to the point of being heartbreaking at points 
I think this is actually a masterclass of writing, and I think if you're a person who just enjoys filmmaking, you love character development, you love story structure, not only is this for you, but it's a must-see. And I honestly cannot praise this enough, and I'm not even going to try to because we just do not have the time allotted to, allotted necessary. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to give this 10, yes, 10 out of 10 homemade meat pies that may or may not be on the turn. Dang it, I was thinking about that too, actually. I was going to make a joke about that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I, I love the running gag about this dude, just like, did you eat that meat pie? No. You're <laughs> just continually building up on that to the point where it's like, well, of course you did. Come on, what do you think? <laughs> and then there's the other joke that plays off of that. You're like, oh, and that's the actual cherry on top. 